0: Hello and welcome to Crypto Sapiens. And today we are talking to Henry Lee, co-founder of Nukes, a platform where you collect achievement badges as soulbound NFTs and build your reputation. We briefly explore Henry's crypto journey, starting with a layer one blockchain that he helped to launch that was focused on interoperability, where he also worked on decentralized identity and verifiable credentials. In 2021, Nukes was born. And as Henry recalls, the landscape was very much focused on NFTs at that time, with a few projects using user transaction history to reward users, gate communities, and provide airdrops. The vision of Nukes was to add more context to understand users in a more high-dimensional way and evolve user tiering. They set out to find a way to contextualize user interactions and transaction data. While the MVP may have looked different than what the product looks like today, the vision was always the same, to enable data as a composable piece of the Web3 ecosystem. There's lots to unpack here, so let's get started.
1: So hi, everyone uh, listening. Thanks for um, listening. Uh, my name is Henry, and I'm one of the co founder of a project called Nukes. Um, so a little bit of my personal background, I guess. So I started building in crypto around... 2016, uh, focusing on enterprise blockchain, similar to IBM's uh, hyperledger project or R3 Corda, uh, helping governments or enterprises uh, implement private blockchains or help them to create consortium of private networks among interested parties. Um, and this startup, uh, and we ended up uh, launching a layer one project, uh, in 2017 that was focusing specifically on interoperability. And since we were, Uh, We had experience in building, uh, in creating, uh, you know, private networks and consortium of private networks. Uh, You know, we had the right uh, experience uh, and focus um, uh, on interoperability. Um, And I've been leading uh, the strategy and business until summer of 2021. Uh, But around, but after around five years of working in the protocol, I decided that I wanted to start a new startup. Uh, so I left the company and founded Nukes. Um, and also during those times, I worked around two years on DID and verifiable credentials to enable self-sovereign identity, uh, working closely with uh, enterprises, private private companies, um, universities, uh, but also governments uh, because um, there were some um, um, you know, privacy uh, uh, or regulatory issues that we we needed to uh, work with uh, uh, government entities. So um, yeah, that's that kind of sums up my uh, crypto uh, uh, years, I guess.
0: Yeah. No. Thank you for that. Um, so you know, let's let's touch a little bit on that. Uh, experience that you had in the DID and VC space because, you know, I think for anyone who's been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, they realize that there's interest in this space for us as crypto sapiens and for me personally. Uh, One thing that I think we've seen happen over the course of the last year or so has been this renewed interest in digital identity, right? And some of that was driven by Vitalik's writings on soul-bound tokens, uh, but some of that Also inspired by the development by several projects like Disco and Ontology and Ceramic in the space of DIDs and VCs. One thing that we don't hear a lot about, though, I think, is how traditional organizations, institutions, like you were talking about, you know, schools, and you were talking about a a government. What is the interest in DID and VC, and is there a difference in the way that those? That is applied in that space versus the way that it's being considered in the Web3 space?
1: Uh, that's a really good question. Um, so, I, I think, you know, personally, I, I've been kind of a huge uh, fan of, um, you know, just digital identity. Or how can we improve the system that we have? Um, what, you know, whether or not um, we use blockchain technologies, uh, I, I was, you know, just. Traditionally, just interested in improving digital identity, um, and when when I worked with uh, different traditional organization, as you mentioned, um, I think uh, you know the difficulties that I faced uh, in 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 trying to convince them was um, they're much more focused on creating value for themselves rather than uh, creating like a public infrastructure uh, that could benefit uh, internet as a whole. So uh, if you start having those self-interested in building, you know, public goods like a digital identity, then you start to kind of, you know, detach yourself from the core fundamentals and the core kind of ideologies and philosophies, uh, which... Enables the creation of, you know, the decentralized identity, so to speak. Um, so that was kind of the, um, the difficult difficulties that, I, like, everyday difficulties that I faced. Uh, you know, just trying to convince organizations that, you know, this is the right way to do. Uh, if you go in that route, uh, that you are explaining, you 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 you'll be able to create use cases for yourself, and you'll be able to say that you're, you you created decentralized identity, and you are using verifiable credentials. But you know. You know that's very far apart from creating an open standards and creating a a next generation identity for for the web in general. I guess.
0: No, no, I think I follow. So I guess transitioning to the work that you're doing now at Nukes, like what was the parallel, right, between that work uh, and how did that like moment of inspiration come to you and your co-founders when you thought up Nukes?
1: So ever since I started crypto, ever since I you know read you know the early white papers, um, you know I I really liked and I was really intrigued about the idea that you know composable data is fueling permissionless innovation. Um, that the idea that you know the open data database functionality uh, allows for any applications. Um, know, decentralized applications to be built on the same infrastructure. And, um, you know, the data of users interacting with these applications are stored on their their wallets, their their EOAs. Um, And we just thought that no one was actually addressing uh, uh, this issue uh, uh, that we thought is very, very valuable, which is, you know, utilizing this, you know, data is going to be of a paramount importance for you know the Web three uh, in the future. Uh, and I think uh, to give a little context, I think that when we started the project in two thousand twenty one, and um, you know everybody was talking about NFTs, uh, and we started to see some projects uh, use some sort of. Uh, some sort of uh, transaction history as a way to build reputation, or as a way to create gated communities, uh, or as a way to reward users through a where uh, through like an airdrop. Um, so projects and communities have been trying to come up with sort of like a user tiering uh, and try to provide you know some sort of some sort of those additional rewards or uh, or, or return for higher engagements, um, and we've seen. This mostly through the use of, you know, whitelisting, uh, through airdrops, you know, prof- offering different access and permissioning to additional contacts. But so far, you know, back then we thought these were very early tiering attempts, uh, mainly centered around tokens. Uh, but, you know, in the long term, the idea that user tiering will evolve into much more complex ones uh, will be allowed to understand Users in a more high-dimensional manner, and in order to do that, uh, we thought we we needed to find a way to contextualize these interaction data, uh, these transactional data that is being compiled under someone's wallet addresses. So that was kind of the genesis of um, you know the Nukes project, Uh, and uh, we still are focusing currently focusing more on allowing users to prove what they did on-chain, so like proof of achievements, rather than uh, saying that we're creating uh, uh, the next generation digital identity or crypto identity. Because I think what we're doing right now is not the solution or the identity solution uh, for the future, but rather uh, all the datas um, that that we create uh, help create better identity, better reputation for a user in the future.
0: Oh, that's that's quite comprehensive, and thank you for that. You mentioned a few things here that I want to unpack. So one of the first things you were, you were talking about was this comparison between the tokens, the tokenization of projects, right? Uh, and how that was perceived as the value connection between the project and the individual, right? Um, whereas now, maybe the positioning of nukes is it's really not about the tokenization, but it's actually that reputation, it's that achievement unlock. That's the connection between the project and the individual. Can you maybe dive a little deeper and maybe through a comparison of the two? Uh, Might be a bit philosophical, but it might be a fun exercise. Like, how is it that uh, a token in the traditional sense is lacking in terms of like bridging that relationship between the two, where achievements and and nukes through the form of SBTs are able to more fully uh, capture that?
1: I guess, like, in trying to answering that, uh, trying to think about answering that, I guess maybe we could, uh, I could share a little bit more about what Nukes is doing uh, mm-hmm. conceptually, and then that will help the audiences kind of understand like where I'm coming from. Uh, so, what Nukes is currently doing is allowing users to prove what they did on chain uh, by verifying it uh, on Nukes. And if, if, uh, once they are verified, they could actually claim, uh, NFT like badges, uh, that are non transferable. And I think, as you mentioned also, people now understand this concept as soulbound tokens. Um, but, you know, previously when we founded the project, uh, we just needed to find a way to deliver this metadata. And NFT was, we thought the NFT form of NFT ERC-1155 was the best kind of medium to deliver this information and because you shouldn't be able to buy an achievement uh, we just added a non-transferability to the smart contracts but I think uh, now people are ex- very excited about this soulbound token concept and we're loving it also um, and uh, and I mentioned that you know we allow people to prove what they did on chain, but you know by making users' action into like credentials, uh, we can now start to formulate like high dimensional understanding around the users. Um, um, so like the NFT that we we help to mint uh, that people that the, the badges the NFT badges that people own will be like a unique fingerprints uh, that identifies them. You know you know based on their past activities. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think you know there's a like a like a good or bad, like pros and cons between like tokens, uh, and maybe soulbound tokens. Um, but you know, they all, they, they all just are part of your identity, uh, that there are all the, all components that helps to identify who you are, uh, help, you know, other users help other applications understand you better, I guess. Uh, and, uh, we still love, we still, you know, like all the interesting, um, You know use use cases that you know token based um, um, identity or token based reputation system uh, offers, Uh, but you know we we thought there are a lot more valuable uh, data points uh, that are are very much under underutilized, uh, and and we thought you know contextualizing those data will unlock many more new opportunities and many more ways of understanding users and many more ways of creating communities around uh, around those. I guess, value graph, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, so to to speak.
0: Yeah, you know, when you you talk about what you hold in your wallet, I mean, that just reminds me of something that, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Chase Chapman. She's also a host of uh, another podcast. It's called On the Other Side. Really great. I think she asks really interesting questions. A big fan of her as a uh, content creator, but also in terms of the work that she's doing in the space of Web3, working with Orca, Um, And I only reference this because she asked a question in the end to her guests, and it's, what's the favorite thing that you have in your wallet, right? And most people tend to gravitate towards a token of a project that they hold that maybe they use for governance, right? And so they're like, I'm an active governor, and that's why I'm a big fan of of, of this token that I hold, right? Or other people are like, you know what, this was my first NFT, and I'm not a degen, but... This just kind of was my uh, entry point, and it means something because of that. Or I am a degen, but this still is like the provenance of where it all began, right? Before I fell through the degenerate rabbit hole. But I like the Mm -hmm. idea of like looking at this from a context of like achievement. It's like, well, it isn't something that's financial in terms of the token that I had to buy, right? Whether that's a traditional ERC20. Or a uh, you know a NFT with a with a PFP right attached to that, it's more well this was a, a contribution that I made into the ecosystem and I was able to unlock that through Nukes. I think that's really interesting and I'm actually looking at my account on OpenSea and I was only able to mint three, so I'm not a degenerate. <laughs> I was hoping that I was going to be able to unlock an Ethereum. Kind of user uh, attribute, but I think I got the rare user, which is 200 plus transactions. I was like, oh, okay, well, it's not bad. But I, it, I am I'm able to visualize, you know, my relationship to the network. But I'm also able able to visualize my relationship to a project. So I'm also holding an ENS serial register, which I like that because to me that represented a value that I found within the ENS community. Right, and that project to be able to register these domains that I can associate to the projects that I'm building whether that's crypto sapiens the podcast or whether that's just me and my personal identity in the uh, web3 ecosystem so yeah I think that there's there's something there that is is enjoyable uh when it comes to like visualizing and I think you mentioned this previously where it's like something human readable right and not just this like contract interaction in your wallet
1: yeah yeah, 100 um that's really an interesting question i i'm, I'm currently thinking about I've, I've been thinking about you know what's the most valuable thing uh in, in my wallet uh like to me like personally but that's a really good interesting questions um
0: yeah you should yeah, you yeah. should check out her podcast uh she has had some really wonderful people on it and the answers usually are surprising uh, they don't always necessarily gravitate towards a token um mm. sometimes it's a transaction right but like Now, you can actually create some meaning from that transaction through Nuke. So, you know, that favorite thing in your wallet, if Chase were to interview me, I might say, oh, it's my Ethereum or not, my ENS serial register, because I'm able to visualize the fact that I uh, used ENS regularly. And I also have the airdrop one, which means that because of that, I was able to accumulate some tokens that then I was able to uh, delegate to someone to vote on my behalf, so it's it's all kind of connected, and I, I really I really do enjoy that. So bravo yeah. on the visualization piece.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, and I think when we look at these badges, I think um, there are two aspects to it. Um, there is like a vanity aspect to it, and then there is like a utility aspect to it. And vanity aspect is certainly something that uh, we think is going to uh, that that we as a Nukes is going to uh, improve a lot in the future. Um, that you know, like you said, you know, being able to visualize something that you've done, uh, and it's like a it's like a diploma for you. For, for, for it could be like a, 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 a like a diploma certificate for you, or like a just like a like a nice memory for you, like maybe like a poet like. Uh, uh, value uh, could be delivered as well, uh, but also like utility-wise, I think there are a lot of interesting cases. Uh, something that are more short-term oriented, and then also some long-term oriented use cases that we could think think about. But one of kind of the use cases of Nukes badges uh, today is creating making these badges into roles within a Discord channel. Um, so uh, if you come if you come into Nukes discord channel uh, depending on the number of badges you claimed um, we give out different kind of you know tiers uh, of, of levels for you so I'm I'm like a nukes shark uh, it could be like nukes whale if someone have claimed more then it, we give out like these crowns to them and this is just like a fun kind of uh, experiments, but it allows community to acknowledge contributions uh, mm-hmm. amongst themselves. So we know who are li- like the heavy contributors, uh, and and we could identify them really, really easily because we gave out these roles and we gave out these small uh, emojis uh, next to their username. So now when people are discussing about some community aspect of the project or just in general about Web three, I guess uh, it 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 it. it uh, uh, it provides a little bit more credibility, a little bit more context, because you, uh, not only that we 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 give out the main roles, we also allow people to designate roles uh, for all the badges that they have. So, let's say I'm Henry Lee, and I have like a shark emoji next to it. Once you click my my ID, you could see that I'm a, like a Uni Swapper, for example, that I donated on Gitcoin, that I that I you know re-registered my ENS several times, all those things that I, I'm a fan of Arbitrum, all, all these like on chain interactions are now a credential under my Discord identity. Uh, so it gives a little bit more context of where this person is coming from, what experience this person has, uh, and I think that's like a, like a really good kind of uh, uh, social experiment for us right now. And we've been using, we've been working closely with Guild uh, that XYZ, and they've been really uh, uh, you know very supportive of uh, making uh, that experience a little bit more seamless uh, and easy for uh, people who want to, you know, do the same thing for their communities?
0: Yeah, you know, I think maybe what you're describing is the gamification of our interactions, right? Like, make this fun, make this enjoyable, right? The crypto, Web3, it's very complicated. I mean, just getting a wallet is a bit of a headache. And to be able to kind of, protect yourself it, you know it's, it's a heavy lift so i think that we just need to do better um you know as a as an ecosystem to make better entry points for anybody who wishes to uh, engage with a community a project right like say i, I just want to come in here because i want to You know, be a board ape, or I want to come in here because I want to be an ENS member because I love this idea of like owning identities as a domain, building up some sort of like uh, uh, decentralized website. Like that—that's why I came in here. But there are—it's very difficult. There's a lot, a lot of kind of uh, trip falls for people as they're entering this space. So I think that we need to do better in in the way that we create applications. And that's personally one of the reasons why I like Nukes. Is I can go to the website. And it's actually a very fun experience. Uh, once I've signed in, I can just go in there and look at all of the different badges that I may be eligible for, and then just kind of start triggering the button, seeing what I what I'm eligible for, and then minting whichever ones I want to uh, have associated to me, right, as a proof of achievement, as you've mentioned. So I think that's that's really uh, an excellent kind of way of like framing. How we can create these like better applications, uh, engagement points for our community, and how we can gamify just the space of Web three, which absolutely has a lot of opportunity to do so comparatively to Web two.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I thought you know one other thing that I wanted to um, a message that I wanted to you know you know send out to the world, I guess uh, was. you know, I, I feel like a lot of things in crypto are transactional uh, and people don't look be, you know look behind what they did. Um, these are all like in, instant transactions um, but I, I feel like you know we should we could do a lot more than just that uh, and, and like, like you mentioned um, there's like a fun aspect to Nukes. Um, um There's like a serendipity to it so once you like connect your wallet you do like check eligibility, uh, then you, you start to find things that you didn't know about yourself. Uh, like how many times you use certain applications. How long have you been using certain applications? How long have you been holding certain NFTs? Like these are all uh, interesting things about yourself that you didn't even know about yourself. Uh, and by offering, you know, you could say gamification to it, uh, or you could say, Serendipity to it, but whatever 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 it is, uh, I think it offers a very new way of looking a, a, about crypto uh, and you know I think that's the start of you know Web3 social, I guess.:
0: Yeah, so I'd be curious if you could kind of maybe lend uh, a bit of background in terms of these collaborations and really just to frame a discussion around uh, web three versus Web two right? Uh, Maybe looking at it from the competitive nature of how Web2 works versus the collaborative nature of how Web3 works. At least that's what I aspire to, right? Maybe I'm wrong. But you just mentioned this collaboration between Nukes and Guild XYZ. Walk me through, you know, kind of the idea behind that and really the opportunities that Nukes has in this space to collaborate uh, across the entire ecosystem, with other projects that seek to do so, and use Nuke, for instance.
1: So we we launched our MVP December of last year, and and the product was a little bit different back then. Um, so uh, how it was different is now 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 you you connect your wallet and you check for eligibility, and you have to opt in to claim these badges as a non transferable NFT. But previously for the MVP. Uh, when you click your when you connect your wallet, then we just showed you these predefined badges that you were eligible on the website. Um, so instantly you will get like a like a automated auto generated crypto LinkedIn profile for you. Uh, and we thought that was pretty cool. But uh, the reason why we pivoted from that model was that we wanted this data to be back on chain so that it was permissionlessly used. Uh, by other people uh, to be act as an act as a social lego so to speak, to ensure composability of the data that we create back to the ecosystem so that anyone can actually use it. So I think the beauty with our collaboration with projects like Guild is that once a user have claimed these badges on Nukes, whether or not you're trying to you know, do it for Nuke's Discord, whether you want to do it for Uniswap, SushiSwap, whether you you want to do it for Gitcoin communities, you already have claimed it and the data is on-chain. So you don't have to redo it for Gitcoin or for Uniswap. But like traditionally, like Web2 identity, as you would know very much, like your eBay ratings uh, is not going to be transferred to your, you know, crackless uh, ratings, right? So, is that your identity, or is that like eBay's identity? Like, that's I think where the siloed identity system I think fails very much for traditional kind of uh, uh, identity systems. And you know, so so I, uh, so 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 yeah, yeah. I, I'm very much enjoying other projects using Nukes badges in a way that you know we never thought is was possible. So, I think giving the creative parts. Uh, back to community is a right way to build products, uh, uh, in, my pers- in, in my perspective.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 one hundred percent spot on, and certainly my take on that as well. In terms of uh, ownership of our identities uh, in the space of Web three, and certainly the freedom or ability to be able to like uh, create these new experiences using our data, right? And so it seems like Nukes is like right in the center of that, kind of facilitating both. Uh, the uh, ownership of these achievements through our digital identities that are now self-sovereign, right? So I think that yes. that's really wonderful. You also mentioned a word here, um, and maybe we can close on this in terms of like the social Lego. I think the social aspect of Web3 is still missing. You know, a, a lot of the social activities in Web3 happen in Web2 platforms, right? So we go to Twitter in fact, we were trying to host this uh, recording <laughs> on Twitter and Twitter failed us, right? And so we had to go to another Web2 platform and that's fine. Uh, but, you know, I think that's that's just true for crypto. Like it's whether it's Twitter or Discord or Telegram, we're kind of leveraging these like Web2 platforms to develop these social connections. And because of that, there is no interoperability between our Web3 identities and our Web2 selves, right? What we connect with other communities. I'm personally very excited for projects like Lens, right? For like the vision that they have for creating this like social network, right? Like at the protocol layer that then projects can build on top of. Uh, I wonder if you could describe to me maybe without having to say, oh, Lens is the, the where I'd like to go, more so from the social aspect. Like, what do you think is needed? And, you know, if Lens or anybody else, what is it that they need to do in order to be able to, like, bridge these connections that we're making or just be able to, like, assimilate these connections that we're making in the Web2 space to create rich, dynamic uh, experiences for us in the Web3 space socially?
1: Yeah, this is a very... Uh, multifaceted, complicated questions. Uh, but, you know, I, I love it. Uh, I love the question. I love thinking about all the things that you mentioned. But I guess like to, to start, I'm, I'm generally, uh, super excited about, you know, lens, uh, forecasters, uh, their approach to Web3 social is a bit different, but I'm a huge fan of both projects and the projects alike. Um, I think, uh, One of the early kind of ideas uh, for me uh, about this topic uh, was the idea of value graph. At least that was the terminology that we use internally within the team. Uh, But um, in like traditional Web2, like social, uh, we talk about like like social graph, uh, that a a network created by uh, social connections, I guess. Uh, But uh, one of the things... Um, so if you go into like Twitter, uh, you you see people you know designated certain PFPs uh, as their profile pictures, and that kind of act as a stimulus for uh, that kind of act as a, a starting point uh, for building connections, right? Um, but um, that's very kind of limited, and you're you're already starting to see. Uh, uh, improved version of that in in platforms like Lens and Forecasters, where because you are able to understand uh, the crypto side of these users in a more native manner, without going to like Rainbow, without going to like EtherScan to try to type in someone's ENS name to figure this person out, you are able to do that now natively on these platforms, and that allows you to uh, that that creates a lot more uh, things that could start that could act as an enabler for creating new connections and creating new communities. Uh, So the concept of value graph that we had internally was uh, whether you are connected through holding the same tokens, uh, same NFTs, or on our case, same achievements. These are all something that could spark up a new community, new connection, new ne- network. And I think that's really the interesting part about Web3 social, at least to me. And I think up to, up to like 2021, maybe 2020, most of the Web3 social projects was, was focusing on decentralizing uh, the actual kind of social network itself, uh, like the social graph a bit uh, and things like that. But I think moving forward, I think now people are going to think more about, uh, you know, uh, the actual, you know, social aspect of it rather than the actual infrastructure aspect of it. Um, Does that make sense?
0: No, 100%. Makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. How do you think nukes will play into that? Yeah. So Fired it back at you. Sorry.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. This is good. This is good. So, um, so we're thinking about this a lot, um, but uh, as uh, projects like Lens, projects like Farcasters, or any other Web three social platforms, uh, or even any other identity platforms, uh, we need to find the best way to deliver uh, our, you know, credential data, our, our users' credential data, right, uh, and. It, And showing like an actual NFT with like badge images and with like text written on it may not be the best medium to deliver this uh, information about someone. Um, So maybe in the future. uh, Right now, we would love to kind of integrate just just natively uh, with those platforms. And you know, given that you know our badges are just ERC eleven fifty five, you know that's like a no problem. But uh, we want to think. Beyond that, and to try to find what's the best, you know, crypto-native ways of delivering these uh, crypto-native credential information. Um, so I don't have a good answer for that right now, but we would, you know, if if anyone from Lens or Farcaster is listening, you know, we'd love to collaborate. Uh, I think we add a very interesting kind of social, socially aspect to your your community. So you know, let's chat.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you, they're listening. I actually connected with Lens at MCon uh, a few Mm. weeks ago, two weeks ago when that was happening. And they're hungry for these types of social experiences on their platform. So, yeah, Dust definitely shout them out. Let's connect them um, because I think that, like what Nukes (laughs) is building. Can bring a lot of value to the lens community. So, my last question, and I normally reserve this and I don't let people know what it is I'm going to ask so that they can ask as honestly as possible. The question is it doesn't have to be on crypto Twitter, but it could be a book. Uh, What or who has been most influential to you in your crypto journey?
1: Mm, That's a really interesting question. I I would like to kind of um, two things I guess. Uh, one of the greatest kind of inspiration for me obviously was all the papers um written around soulbound tokens. Um that you know, reading that was like a reading like a like a Bitcoin or Ethereum white paper to me. Um so that's that has been the greatest inspiration of uh, of you know of, of of for the nukes. Um uh, but uh if, for just crypto, crypto journey in general, I guess. Um, I don't know if you know him, but his name is Cian. Uh, he's also part of the Meta Cartel Ventures. Um, maybe you might have, uh, cro- you know, you know, crossed by him on MCon. But uh, we started crypto together, you know, way back uh, when 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 we started in 2016. Um, and he's been a true inspiration for me um, in. Just all things crypto, and and recently on on DAOs as well. Uh, so I guess you know those two um, ideas, those two individuals, um, those uh, are my greatest inspiration uh, so far into my crypto rabbit hole journey.
0: And that's a wrap. If you want to learn more about Henry, you can follow him on Twitter at hi Henry Lee, and for Nukes at Nukes underscore World. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us. And you can find more conversations like this one on our website at cryptosapiens.xyz. Until next time, stay brainy.